Trout season opens in many wildlife management units next weekend. I grew up fishing for rainbow trout in Duffins and Wilmot Creek back in the 1960s and 70s. No one could have guessed it would lead to 39 years in the fishing and hunting industry. I remember shooting my first wild turkey and dreaming about shooting the next one each year. April 25th marks the opening of wild turkey season in Ontario this year and each year from now until further notice. Yamaha Canada proudly presents the Angler and Hunter radio show, the voice of anglers and hunters. On today's show, Rick Berkersen from All Out Angling Guide Service helps us to get ready for the upcoming trout season opener. Tom Brook, fisheries biologist with the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters, talks about the history of rainbow trout in Ontario. Gobblestalker Pro Staff Brian Shepard shares his secrets for successful wild turkey hunting. Patrick Hubert, senior wildlife biologist and policy advisor with the Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry drops by to talk about Ontario wild turkey, plus the Ozuri Outdoor Quiz, MNRF News and more on today's Angler and Hunter Radio. No matter what the terrain, no matter the weather, you head out. Challenge accepted. Whether you're hunting or fishing, Yamaha has the ATV, side-by-side, outboard, or generator to rise to the challenge, pairing renowned reliability with incredible performance. Whatever the day brings, conquer outdoors with Yamaha. Visit yamaha-motor.ca today for more info and current offers. Hi folks, Gord Pizer here. I spend a lot of time on the water, as many as 200 days a season, and my new revolutionary Kingfisher boat gets me to fish quickly and safely, despite the weather. It's all because of the unique preflex hull design, and the -the state-of-the-art interior meets all my fishing needs. Hey, to learn more about the amazing Kingfisher boats, visit kingfishermultispecies.com. Now get into your Kingfisher and meet me where the big fish roam. With over 130 years of knife-making excellence, Camillus should be on your next hunt. Adolph Castor began the Camillus Knife Company in 1876, and he utilized expert engineering to ensure the highest precision in his knives. They prove themselves in the harshest conditions because Camillus uses a patented titanium bonding and carbonitride coating process, making them up to 10 times harder than untreated steel. Camillus Knives. Stay sharper. Longer. Weather changes. The forest changes. Conditions change. When seasons change, you have to change with them. For every season, Yukon Gear has you covered. Matsuo America, the brand of fishing tackle that provides tournament quality gear at a great value, has launched a groundbreaking new series of rod and reel combos called the Red Series. These great new combos feature IM6 graphite rods, Fuji guides, six ball bearing reels with anti-reverse, and cork split grip handles. It's a set of features you'd expect to see on a combo at twice the price. The Matsuo Red Series is available now only at Canadian Tire. Check it out today and upgrade your gear for this fishing season without breaking the bank. Angler and Hunter Radio's Fishing Corner is brought to you by CUDA. Fierce. Tough. Proven. 
Welcome to Season 7 of Angler and Hunter Radio. I'm Randy Jennings. Opening day of trout season is almost here, and I couldn't think of anyone better than Rick Verkruzen from All Out Angling Guide Service to talk about stream fishing in Ontario. How are you doing, Rick? Oh, I'm doing very well, Randy. How are you doing? Good, good, good. So, season's just around the corner. Um, yep. You know, obviously a lot of people have that cabin fever. They'll want to get out and get fishing some of these tributaries and some of these feeder streams for rainbow trout, brook trout, brown trout, whatever's in the stream. Um, what kind of bait would we be looking for in terms of, I guess there's artificials and naturals, but uh, if you can categorize it, what would you recommend we be looking for for bait? Well, you, you can never go wrong by using roll bags, right? You get, uh, you can either buy them from uh, from you know a store, or you can catch them and uh, treat them yourself. And uh, certainly, opening day—that's what they've been eating on. Uh, there's a fish up there spawning, and they got lots of eggs floating down. And yeah, you can't go wrong opening morning with a roll bag. Right, right, right. And any other? So that would be under the category of natural. Any other natural baits that uh, would would work well? Uh, Certainly worms, little garden worms, not, not uh, the really big dew worms, but the little garden worms really work really well. Yeah, and, and I guess the one thing that I've noticed when I'm on the streams and seeing people who, you know, they're using row bags that they bought at the store, and they're using, um, you know, they're using maybe some worms that they bought at the store, but they're using a 12-inch wire leader and a, and a 6-inch round bubble float. <laughs> um, <laughs> presentation, I mean, these fish are obviously accustomed to eating a certain way, uh, how should we be presenting these baits to these fish? Well, obviously, presentation is very important. You want to keep it as natural as possible. Now, if you're fishing deeper pools with not too much cover in them, you can uh, you can fish with a float. I prefer to just fish with a split shot and a hook. And uh, you want to make sure that you use as little weight as possible so that roll bag flows naturally with the stream. If you put too much weight on it, it'll sink to the bottom, and you're not going to get nearly as many bites. Right, so you just want to kind of make it look like it would normally look if it was just kind of drifting down the river. That's right. Okay, so and another thing, and this is just an observation I've had through the years, is I've gone up to uh, streams where there are obviously clear water streams in Ontario, nice, clean, clear water uh, rivers and streams, and the fish are very, very spooky. They're, they're accustomed to living in a big lake, and they swim around and eat minnows all day, and all of a sudden they're in this little creek and there's people walking around everywhere, and they, uh, you know, they get he- a lot of heavy angling pressure on these on these streams. Um, what can anglers do, can they, you know, in terms of fishing line and techniques, what can they do to uh, catch these fish that are heavily pressured? Well, if you go to a lighter line, the fish are obviously less line shy. That's one of the biggest problems people run into. And uh, keep the size of your hook fairly small, like a 12 or 14 you know, you want to make sure that you can get a good hook into the fish if you get a bite, but you want to keep it as small as possible. Right, right. Okay, and, and you know what? One thing I always say when I'm when I'm teaching my, my firearm courses is the best way for you students to learn is to actually pick up a firearm and learn with me watching you and as opposed to me demonstrating to you. So for what we've done today, we've demonstrated and talked about what uh, what. People can do to try and be successful at catching uh, stream trout, but uh, tell us a little bit about all-out angling guiding services and what you can do to help them take that next step. And you know, in terms of stream fishing, well, basically what we do is we take people and uh, we take them down to a stream and show them the different kinds of baits you can use, whether it be uh, you know a natural bait or an artificial bait. Like you have uh, really good success with pink worms and sometimes spinners, and we take them to the stream and show them exactly step-by-step what they need to do to coax these fish into biting. And like you said, quite often these fish are 
heavily, heavily pressured. And I've my whole life I've fished with other people in the stream, and they're not getting it quite right. They can have 90%, but if you don't have it at 100%, the fish won't bite. And uh, it makes a big difference if you if you hire somebody like myself to get you down there, and it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a one, two, three step, and this is how it's done. Yeah, and, and applying that themselves and learning it is a lifetime of uh, knowledge that they'll build on and be successful. And, hey, there's only thing to me that's better than fishing is successful fishing, right? <laughs> well, I've never seen anybody not get excited about catching a fish. And uh, certainly the fish in, the, in these streams we have in Ontario, they're beautiful. They're, they fight really hard, and uh, it's very rewarding to catch them. Absolutely. So how can our listeners get in touch with you to book a trip? Well, you can get me online by uh, going to alloutangling.ca, or you can get me uh, through an email at alloutangling.outlook.com. Okay, so alloutangling.ca. Get in touch with Rick. Have a look at his website, Proof in the Pudding. Lots of great pictures and photos in there of uh, some of Rick's successful trips. And thank you so much, Rick, for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. More Angler and Hunter Radio after these words. Angler and Hunter Radio's Outdoor Quiz is brought to you by Yozuri. Fish the best. Is there a spring black bear hunting season in Ontario? The answer when we return after these messages. No matter what the terrain, no matter the weather, you head out. Challenge accepted. Whether you're hunting or fishing, Yamaha has the ATV, side-by-side, outboard, or generator to rise to the challenge, pairing renowned reliability with incredible performance. Whatever the day brings, conquer outdoors with Yamaha. Visit yamaha-motor.ca today for more info and current offers. Mike Miller here from Angler and Hunter Television. Aquatic invasive species and fish-killing diseases like VHS threaten the health of Lake Simcoe. By taking two minutes to clean, drain, and dry your boat, every time you take it out of the water, you will help stop the spread of aquatic invasive species into Lake Simcoe and other water bodies in Ontario. For more information, contact the Invading Species Hotline at 1-800-563-7711 or visit invadingspecies.com. A message from Ontario's Invading Species Awareness Program as part of the Operation Boat Clean Campaign. Out with the old, in with the new. The free Scout Look Hunting app allows you to save unlimited hunting locations to view pinpoint, detailed weather forecasts. It employs our proprietary wind mapping technology, scent cone and set zone, putting you on the X to kill more bucks, bulls, and birds. Identify hot spots for hammering gobblers, log game activity to establish lethal patterns, and with global access, Scout Look knows no boundaries. Download the Scout Look Hunting app today. Do what you love. That's good advice, and it sounds easy, but the question is, how? The answer could be at the School of Environmental and Natural Resource Sciences at Fleming College in Lindsay. Choose from over 25 programs like Fish and Wildlife Technician, Conservation and Environmental Law Enforcement, or Aquaculture. It's the number one Canadian college for grads working in environmental and natural resources careers. Do what you love. Start by checking out your options at FlemingCollege.ca. I love these hunting trips, but the kids miss me and my wife worries about us being safe. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I bought a Spot Gen 3 for this trip to keep in touch with my girls. That's a satellite messenger, right? Yep. 
Spot sends my GPS coordinates via satellite right to my family's email or phone. They click on the message and see where I am. I can use it in emergencies to signal for help as well. Spot has rescued over 4,700 adventurers already. Sounds good. Looks small, too. Where do I pick one up? Visit findmespot.com slash hunter today to get all of the details and to find your local dealer. Isn't it about time you took that fishing or hunting trip of a lifetime? Make your lifelong memory now by booking your adventure at the Quebec Outfitters Federation. Find the perfect hunting or fishing packages in more than hundreds of Quebec's exceptional world-class outfitters. And you know what? You could win your trip by entering one of the two giveaways run by the Quebec Outfitters Federation. Don't wait. They're only a click away at QuebecOutfitters.com. Or give them a call, toll-free, at 1-800-567-9009. Stand up for conservation and show how much you really care about your fishing and hunting future with a membership in the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters. Join right now and receive an OFAH camouflage tackle bag, Rapala x Rap Lure, Suffolk Fishing Line Fish Crisp Original, and a subscription to Ontario Out of Doors magazine. This special OFAH membership offer is only $62.99. New through this great offer, make your conservation commitment with a three-year OFAH membership and receive a Shimano Caius Baitcaster. Join today. Angler and Hunter Radio's Outdoor Quiz is brought to you by Yozuri. Fish the best. True or false? Is there a spring black bear season in Ontario? True. The spring black bear hunt returned in 2016 under an extended pilot project. For more information, check the hunting regulations summary or visit ofah.org slash springbear. Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters Fish and Wildlife Corner, brought to you by Quebec Outfitters. So I remember a long time ago my dad taking me out after school down to Wilmot Creek and we'd fish into the nighttime down at the old trestle bridge for rainbow trout. At that time, I didn't realize it, but those rainbow trout were stocked into the Great Lakes and uh, for quite some time prior to my existence here anyway. So I thought it would be good to cover a topic, the history of rainbow trout in Ontario. And who better to cover that topic with us today than Tom Brook, fishery biologist with the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters. How are you doing, Tom? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good, good, good. So, you know, we both love fishing for rainbow trout. They're well distributed, not only in Ontario, but all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um are they native to Canada in any uh, way, shape, or form? Yeah, they certainly are. They're, uh, they're a species that's native to Western Canada. So they uh, primarily originate from what would be west of the Rocky Mountains, so the, the western drainages of the Rocky Mountains draining into the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Uh, but their natural range extends from uh, uh, northern Mexico all the way up to Alaska. So there's Mexican rainbow trout. There are, yeah. Wow, I wonder if they're, like, spicy. <laughs> no. um, also, uh, they, they did extend a little bit naturally on the east side of, of the Rocky Mountain um, through the Peace River drainage. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that would be the, the most eastern extent of their natural range. But yeah, they're a really wide ranging species. Yeah, so, I mean, they've kind of found their way from out uh, west to, uh, to Ontario. Um, their disbursement now in Canada, like, is, is there anywhere they can't be found might be a better question than where they're found. Like, globally? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, globally, they can basically be found everywhere. Um, I know there's there's a really popular fishery for them in, in Argentina and South America. You can get some monstrous, monstrous fish down there. 
Um, but they're they're spread all around the world. They've been introduced to New Zealand, uh, Australia, all, even Tasmania. Uh, they've been introduced into areas in Africa, throughout Europe, and then also Southern Asia and all the way over to Japan. So they've essentially been introduced everywhere in the world, you know, at least all the great land masses. So, so an adaptable fish, obviously. Yeah, it's clearly an adaptable fish, and which is kind of surprising for a, you know, cold water, cold water fish species. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So... What, when were they introduced into, like, the Lake Ontario, uh, in, you know, the Great Lakes, Lake Ontario area? When did they first start putting them in there? Uh, apparently, they were originally stocked in the Great Lakes by U.S. agencies in the 1870s. Oh, wow, that's so a long time ago. They've been here quite a while. Uh, on the Ontario side, their first introduction uh, was thought to be in the Lake St. Clair. And it was by a, a private individual. And he would have gotten his stocks from uh, Michigan State. Okay. Uh, those ones would have taken been, again, taken from the, the west coast of the U.S., um, but, uh, the, the first culture of the species, so like growing from eggs and like going through the entire life, life process in a, in a facility was actually done by Samuel Wilmot, uh, okay. who's the namesake. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Wilmot Creek is the namesake. So, yeah. uh, he had a, a fish culture facility, uh, in Newcastle, Ontario. Yeah. And so he My great grandfather knew him. My, oh, yeah? my whole family knew him. Oh, that's pretty cool. Isn't that something? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he started growing fish, I believe, in the Newcastle facility. And sorry, these are rainbow trout in 1887. And the strain that he would have used would have been from the McLeod River in California. Wow. So they shipped them all the way here. He got this all together. And there's actually a placard down there for anybody who, you know, walks Wilmot Creek just north of Highway 2. Mm -hmm. Because my my grandparents and great-grandparents were very very uh you know vigilant that way they showed me the history of the area and okay. you know yeah. they showed me which barn they were born in and all that kind of thing. <laughs> nice. not, to, not to you know but just saying yeah so so uh yeah so very very interesting history there so and, and a long history yeah like they're they, they've been going into the great lakes for a very long time yeah. and and really provided uh, a great uh recreational fishery that's mm -hmm. probably generated millions and millions of dollars yes absolutely yeah. and i another point that i wanted to make was that uh by the early 1900s uh rainbows had established natural production throughout the great lakes right so like it didn't really take that long for them to actually start spreading around and and again like reproducing on their own so while they were established in the Great Lakes artificially, mm -hmm. they they have natural spawning populations, you know, and again throughout, so all the way up through Superior. And, yeah, and you know, for somebody like myself who grew up in the '60s and '70s, I was amazed to hear. I was listening to a presentation at the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters annual annual general meeting and conference, and uh, they were talking about the Ganaraska River and the actual fish way mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, that they, they have, and that'll be a whole new topic. But um, there was mentioned there that all of the fish passing through there are naturally propagating fish, which I find cool. Like, that's that's very, very interesting. Like, Pacific salmon and trout, they're, yeah. they're not stocked. That's that's their home. They're going back to spawn and make yeah. more babies. I think that's awesome. It's a, it's a hugely productive river. Yeah, yeah. it's great habitat. What a success story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so I mean, and there again, talking about the 70s and 80s again, I think I was a member of a club once called Ontario Steelheaders. Uh, steelhead, rainbow trout, I still don't know the difference. I mean, I fished in BC and caught them, and I fished in Ontario and caught them. What's the, is there a determination? I mean, it doesn't matter to me, fish is a fish, but what's the determination there? And and, and that's a really interesting topic that a lot of people um, definitely take to heart. And and uh, people, we, it's a topic we've discussed around the office many, many times. And there's there's always two camps. Um, our, 
Are Great Lakes Steelhead actually Steelhead, or uh, do they have to have like a go into a marine environment? You just get a magnet and put it on their head. (laughs) Okay. Their Latin name is Oncorhynchus micus, so they are technically the same species. um, This name Steelhead is is a reference to the the really bright silvery color or the chrome color that they get, and they get this color when they they go out into a large body of water and they become a pelagic predator. So they're they're swimming in kind of the open main part of the lake and they're chasing bait fish essentially. Right. Um and and yeah, they get this natural very silvery coloration. And so that's that's where the name steelhead really comes from. So uh in in their natural distribution on the west side of the Rockies, uh they're part of their life cycle what 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 their life cycle could be called is is anadromous they're an anadromous fish species so okay. they go from hatching in freshwater environment like a freshwater uh, tributary they then move out into a, a marine environment and again this is in their natural uh, their natural distribution range on the west coast so they move out into the pacific ocean they'd grow really fast and eat a lot of fish and live in the pacific ocean in open water and they'd get that silver coloration. Then they'd return to their uh, to to a tributary, oftentimes in natal streams, but not necessarily always. Mm-hmm. And um, they'd spawn. So that same thing happens in the Great Lakes. The only difference is that in the Great Lakes, instead of going into a marine or a saltwater environment, they're going into a freshwater environment. They get that same coloration, that type of thing. Yeah, because it's still a big lake, big deep clear water. Yeah, lake, it, right? it operates in a sense like a sea. Yeah. So. Um, you know, whether or not Great Lakes Steelhead are actual steelhead is not something I'm going to touch Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess, you know, either way, you're, you know, rain- they are rainbow trout. They're all rainbow trout. They are rainbow trout. Steelhead's yeah. a description kind of. of it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like an ecotype, I suppose. And, and, you know, again, there's that description of anadromous. Um, some people take exception when you apply that to the Great Lakes because it's just a freshwater environment. So you could technically, the only way you could describe it is potadromous. Because uh, I was, yeah. yeah. But again, that's that's its yeah. own discussion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very very interesting. So at least there's an explanation there on that. Now, um, one thing I do recall doing, and uh, I I don't see much of it anymore. It's more salmon related. But in the fall, I remember catching uh, rainbow trout, steelhead, whatever you want to call them, uh, and they'd have eggs in them because we'd take them back and put them in the smokehouse, and they would be going to spawn in the fall. So I guess the question I have is. Is this something that's that's normal? Is it something that they do? Do they just specifically spawn in the spring? Uh, seems like they, they they seem to just be able to adapt to everything. But what what's the story on that? Well, it's that's a really good question. Uh, they they have you know typically their their spawn is focused uh, at least on the Great Lakes from late December through late April, um, but it can definitely range. And I think part of that range is defined by just the year. You know, like what the water temperatures are like, that kind of thing. They've been they've been noted to spawn all the way into August and, and beyond sometimes, um, but again there's there's also a, another part of it um, that might be uh, you know an, an adaptive trait where some of the fish might come back in the fall to to try and spawn to to kind of stay out of that that kind of main window of, of time when there's so much focus on on all of those fish spawning. Oh, I see, I see. Um, it, Apparently, in some areas, at least in the southern part of their natural range, like down in California area, they've been noted to spawn multiple times in a year. Wow! So I think it's just they've got they've got this ability to adapt to the conditions. Yeah. And and they just they're they're a what what do you call a plastic species? So they they can, 
yeah, they, they're highly adaptable. Um, again, typically you're going to get a spring spawn, particularly in the Great Lakes. And even on the West Coast, it's mainly focused in the spring through early summer. But it's hard to say for sure what, you know, what the whole population is They could be, be spawning at it, you know, whenever it suits them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, now that they've, you know, they've been distributed basically around the world, they're probably spawning at any given time. That's some good information. I'm sure we can apply that information to our to our angling efforts every day when we're going uh, fishing for rainbow trout. Uh, anything to add? Um, I suppose one thing, just on the coloration of the fish. So the difference between a steelhead and a rainbow trout would be that rainbow trout that kind of reside in a lake or reside in a river system, they never go back out, out to a large body of water and take on that, that steel coloration. Um, they, they usually have like a darker coloration. They do. And, I've caught them. They're almost like a purple color with big black spots on yeah, them. Yeah. And, and they, they, they keep that kind of classic rainbow look. They've got that big pink, you know, faded out stripe down the, the lateral line kind of thing. So so those fish would typically, like, they, they keep that coloration throughout their entire adult life. So that's kind of the distinction between a steelhead and, and an actual, like, a just a, your typical rainbow trout, I suppose. And it's it's because of where they live and what they feed on and how they do it. So that's, that's very interesting. And, and you know what? They're not just found in Lake Ontario, and they're not just migratory fish because, you know, they, we do have them in our lakes uh, dotted all through Ontario, Halliburton and Quarthas, and there's all kinds of lakes that have rainbow trout in them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you've got to go out and get you some of those because they're great eating, they're great sport. Uh, can't beat them in the smokehouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom. Great discussion on rainbow trout, the, where they came from and where we're all going to with that. Well, thanks again for having me. Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters Fish and Wildlife Corner, brought to you by Quebec Outfitters. No matter what the terrain, no matter the weather, you head out. Challenge accepted. Whether you're hunting or fishing, Yamaha has the ATV, side-by-side, -side, outboard, or generator to rise to the challenge. Pairing renowned reliability with incredible performance. Whatever the day brings, conquer outdoors with Yamaha. Visit yamaha-motor.ca today for more info and current offers. Hi folks, Gord Pizer here. I spend a lot of time on the water, as many as 200 days a season, and my new revolutionary Kingfisher boat gets me to fish quickly and safely, despite the weather. It's all because of the unique Preflex hull design, and the state-of-the-art interior meets all my fishing needs. Hey, to learn more about the amazing Kingfisher boats, visit kingfishermultispecies.com. Now get into your Kingfisher and meet me where the big fish roam. With over 130 years of knife-making excellence, Camillus should be on your next hunt. Adolph Castor began the Camillus Knife Company in 1876, and he utilized expert engineering to ensure the highest precision in his knives. They prove themselves in the harshest conditions because Camillus uses a patented titanium bonding and carbonitride coating process, making them up to 10 times harder than untreated steel. Camillus Knives. Stay sharper. Longer. Weather changes. The forest changes. Conditions change. When seasons change, you have to change with them. For every season, Yukon Gear has you covered. 
Matsuo America, the brand of fishing tackle that provides tournament quality gear at a great value, has launched a groundbreaking new series of rod and reel combos called the Red Series. These great new combos feature IM6 graphite rods, Fuji guides, six ball bearing reels with anti-reverse, and cork split grip handles. It's a set of features you'd expect to see on a combo at twice the price. The Matsuo Red Series is available now only at Canadian Tire. Check it out today and upgrade your gear for this fishing season without breaking the bank. What's Cooking with Andrew Roshan, brought to you by Ontario Out of Doors Magazine. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. Good stuff, good stuff. So, speaking about rainbow trout, I mean, uh, the characteristics of this fish, uh, what can you tell the listeners about rainbow trout? Well, rainbow trout, as everyone knows, it's a very, very light, very delicate, orange-fleshed fish, and, and that makes it lend well to a variety of different uh, you know, methods of, of cooking it. And whether you have uh, the luxury of doing it at home and uh, being able to poach it with some light flavors, some fresh herbs and lemon, or, you know, if you're out just by the fire uh, camping with your family and doing it over the fire is one of my favorite ways, just, you know, pretty much viscerating the fish, taking the guts out and uh, and putting it on a stick and just slowly roasting it is uh, definitely one of my favorite ways to do it. But uh, one of my tried to recipes that you'll see in restaurants and that a lot of chefs would like to do is <laughs> when you have the trout that's been dressed, right, viscerated, so just all the, the guts on the inside removed but the skin on, the head on, Okay. Uh, you stuff the cavity with a bit of lemon, a bit of fresh herbs, and then you just bake it lightly on both sides and the meat will actually just fall right off the bone so you don't even have to worry about messing with filleting it and, and it's a beautiful presentation as well. You get to see the the whole fish and that's nice yeah. that's nice so so um if you were if you were in the outdoors and you were going to do this over a fire uh tin foil would, would that be something that you would use yeah uh, absolutely so if you have you know uh, if you have a little grate over your fire that that's that's perfect but if not uh you can absolutely just wrap it in foil a bit of salt and pepper a little lemon and uh, some oil in there and you could put it right on the coals which i've seen done before rotating uh, pretty quickly as they get quite hot but if you have a rack, you know, that could elevate it off the flames, that'll help you get a nice, even cooking. Very, very nice. Fish, yeah. So make sure you bring some uh, tinfoil along with you. I'm sure there's lots of sticks you can find in the woods, so that, <laughs> oh, won't, that's be, sure. that won't be a problem. So where can our listeners find out more of your recipes? So I'm the food editor of Ontario Outdoors Magazine, and you'd be able to find my original recipes and some other tips and tricks on cooking um, in the magazine, in each issue of the magazine, or you can go to www.oodmag.com forward slash cooking, and you'll be able to follow with some of the recipes, and yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. What's Cooking with Andrew Roshan, brought to you by Ontario Out of Doors Magazine. No matter what the terrain, no matter the weather, you head out. Challenge accepted. Whether you're hunting or fishing, Yamaha has the ATV, side-by-side, outboard, or generator to rise to the challenge, pairing renowned reliability with incredible performance. Whatever the day brings, conquer outdoors with Yamaha. Visit yamaha-motor.ca today for more info and current offers. Mike Miller here from Angler and Hunter Television. Aquatic invasive species and fish-killing diseases like VHS threaten the health of Lake Simcoe. By taking two minutes to clean, drain, and dry your boat, every time you take it out of the water, you will help stop the spread of aquatic invasive species into Lake Simcoe and other water bodies in Ontario. For more information, contact the Invading Species Hotline 
at 1-800-563-7711 or visit invadingspecies.com. A message from Ontario's Invading Species Awareness Program as part of the Operation Boat Clean Campaign. Out with the old, in with the new. The free Scout Look hunting app allows you to save unlimited hunting locations to view pinpoint detailed weather forecasts. It employs our proprietary wind mapping technology, scent cone and set zone, putting you on the X to kill more bucks, bulls and birds. Identify hot spots for hammering gobblers, log game activity to establish lethal patterns. And with global access, Scout Look knows no boundaries. Download the Scout Look hunting app today. Do what you love. That's good advice, and it sounds easy, but the question is, how? The answer could be at the School of Environmental and Natural Resource Sciences at Fleming College in Lindsay. Choose from over 25 programs like Fish and Wildlife Technician, Conservation and Environmental Law Enforcement, or Aquaculture. It's the number one Canadian college for grads working in environmental and natural resources careers. Do what you love. Start by checking out your options at FlemingCollege.ca. I love these hunting trips, but the kids miss me and my wife worries about us being safe. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I bought a Spot Gen 3 for this trip to keep in touch with my girls. That's a satellite messenger, right? Yep. Spot sends my GPS coordinates via satellite right to my family's email or phone. They click on the message and see where I am. I can use it in emergencies to signal for help as well. Spot has rescued over 4,700 adventurers already. Sounds good. Looks small, too. Where do I pick one up? Visit findmespot.com slash hunter today to get all of the details and to find your local dealer. Stand up for conservation and show how much you really care about your fishing and hunting future with a membership in the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters. Join right now and receive an OFAH camouflage tackle bag, Rapala X-Rap Lure, Suffolk Fishing Line, Fish Crisp Original, and a subscription to Ontario Out of Doors Magazine. This special OFAH membership offer is only $62.99. New through this great offer, make your conservation commitment with a three-year OFAH membership and receive a Shimano Caius Baitcaster. Join today. Isn't it about time you took that fishing or hunting trip of a lifetime? Make your lifelong memory now by booking your adventure at the Quebec Outfitters Federation. Find the perfect hunting or fishing packages in more than hundreds of Quebec's exceptional world-class outfitters. And you know what? You could win your trip by entering one of the two giveaways run by the Quebec Outfitters Federation. Don't wait. They're only a click away at QuebecOutfitters.com. Or give them a call, toll-free, at 1-800-567-9009. Angler and Hunter Radio's Hunting Corner is brought to you by Camillus, quality knives since 1876. So I have a very kind of special way of scouting for wild turkeys, and it's uh, it's a secret technique, but I'm going to share it with... Uh, with uh, all of you today, what I do is I go to the property where I where I hunt for turkeys uh, before the opening day, pull my truck up in the driveway, roll down the windows and drink a Tim Hortons coffee, and listen for the turkeys gobbling when they go back in the roost. So you can see that my high tech uh, finding and uh, hunting technique. I don't harvest a lot of birds, so I brought in an expert today to do that, and his name's Brian Shepard. Brian, welcome to Angler and Hunter Radio. Well, thank you, Randy. What do you think uh, of that for the technique, eh? <laughs> That's pretty darn good. <laughs> um, now, you harvest a lot of birds, 
and what I want to talk about today, uh, you know, is just pointing people in the right direction on how to find these birds and, uh, you know, where where they're likely to find them and how to position themselves and, and strategically get a chance at shooting them. Because a lot of people, you know, they hear them or see them, but they never can get close enough. So uh, give us some tips on that, Brian. Well, first of all, like you said, Randy, it is, uh, it's all about scouting. Um, I would probably say about 98% scouting and the rest of the part is uh, the actual hunt. Um, but you do, you have to uh, find the birds first. And the best way to do that is is uh, driving around and finding where there is uh, uh, turkey habitat and, and uh, that where obviously you'd know that they have to have water, they have to have a place to roost and they also have to have a place to feed. So you say um, water. Let's focus on water for a second. How important is it? To, is this a key? Because I've heard this a lot. You know, you, you, you have a pond or a creek, or how important is that? It's very important. Um, in the springtime, uh, when there's, or even in the wintertime, um, I've come across, uh, there's a little stream that never freezes all winter. And you'll see uh, turkey trails, just like a deer trail. And they'll be going back and forth to the water all the time because it's it's one of those things that uh, animals have to have. They have to have water. And my belief is, is uh, naturally, when they're up in the tree and they're roosting all night, the first thing that they'll do is they'll they'll come down and they'll gather together and, and that. And then they'll go to water and then they'll come back out to uh, feed in the fields. Okay. And then eventually go back into the bush again if that's what they wanted to do and feed on you know, insects and so water's key. I mean, the, you know, the hardwood trees key. and the fields are good. Yeah. But in, I, I suppose even when they do have their uh, when they have their poults too, that they're for their young to have water as well. Ex exactly, Randy. Yeah. Okay, so we want to get in between these birds uh, for you know when they're coming and going because you know the calling's great and everything, but it's really nice, I guess, if you can get on course. Uh, easier said than done. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, what you're going to end up doing is. Uh, when you see these birds, first of all, uh, whether any time of day, um, you don't know where they came from or what their travel routes are, and you have no idea. So what you're going to do is you're going to go maybe that evening, and uh, you might uh, use a, a shot call just to find out where they are. Like an owl or a crow call? An owl or like a crow call. Uh, that's, uh, some people use peacock calls and that sort of thing. Uh, some some people a you peacock might, call. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's a, yeah. And uh, but um, what they'll do is they'll uh, they'll shock call them, and uh, so they hear a gobble on that. So they know that there there is a gobbler. Kind of like what I do, where you've got a general idea that they're roosting in these trees. That's right. Yeah, okay. And so what you're going to do is you're going to sit and wait for them, and um, they might come out into the field that evening. And uh, you'll stay there until, if they, that's what they're going to do, you stay there till it's, it's dark. Uh, you might even f see from a distance, uh, using binoculars, that uh, where they're flying up into their roost from the field. Okay. And that'll happen just before before dark. They'll gather up, and, and of course, then once they're in the trees, then they have their pecking order. And uh, the older birds have certain roosts that they like, and... and uh, they have a pecking order. Same with the hens. They have a pecking order, too. Okay. Uh, the older the bird and the older the, the tom are the ones that are going to get the best roosts. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah, so... So now you've got these birds sitting in a tree. Um, so you, now you know where to go hunting, but 
this doesn't get any easier because I guess if you get too close, you might scare them. That's right. Uh, myself, I um, there's two ways of doing. It. You can sneak in in the dark and be as quiet as possible uh, early in the morning and try um, sit what they call underneath their roost. Oh, right under the tree. Right itself. underneath their tree, and then when they fly down, then your hunt's over. Uh, that's not my style of hunting. Um, I would probably be within. 100 yards, 200 yards, depending on the situation, and uh, watch them fly down, whether it be the tom first or the gobbler first, and, and then the hens or vice versa. Uh, and then, uh, you know, using uh, tree yelps and stuff like that before they do fly down, just to let them know when you get your decoys out, here I am. I've already flown down. Here I am. So you're going to start calling before they get going. Just a little bit, not yeah. too much. And uh, they'll fly down, and then they'll know, okay, there's birds there. So it's just a matter of them seeing your decoys, you doing some nice uh, soft calls and stuff. Uh, if they don't, if they don't see your decoys, well, then you might want to give some uh, serious yelping going on. Just to get that. their attention. Just eh? to get their attention. That's correct. Yeah. Right. Uh, then basically, if they're on their way, then it's just a matter of. It's game on. Oh, game on then. Yeah. yeah once they yeah. start. Yeah. So very interesting. So 100 yards is your number. Yeah, um, around there. Yeah, interesting. So uh, there again for everybody, just to kind of summarize all that, you know, go out in the evening uh, before your hunt and uh, try and establish that pattern that they're taking, where they're getting into that tree. I think that if you can do that, that's probably going to help you harvest a bird this year, for sure. That is. And it's not always a It's not a guarantee. Um, there is times, too, that they will fly down and they might, totally go the different way um but that's the way that they want to go and you don't know this uh right off the bat unless you've actually right uh seen them come down maybe a day or two before and they started coming your way well and that's where you want to be uh is in their travel route so you might it thing. might take a few days it to might figure take that a, out a day or two yeah but that's and, why they call it hunting and that's right. harvesting yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah and you could uh, you could possibly uh uh you know, uh, what we call is roost in the evening, and you might go the next morning just to see instead of hunting, just go the next morning to see which way they are going, and then hunt them after that. Very, very good. I'm going to try that this spring, yeah. and maybe I'll <laughs> up my success rate. For uh, joining us today to talk about wild turkeys, Brian. Well, thank you very much, Randy, for having me. Don't go away. We'll be right back. No matter what the terrain, no matter the weather, you head out. Challenge accepted. Whether you're hunting or fishing, Yamaha has the ATV, side-by-side, outboard, or generator to rise to the challenge, pairing renowned reliability with incredible performance. Whatever the day brings, conquer outdoors with Yamaha. Visit yamaha-motor.ca today for more info and current offers. Hi folks, Gord Pizer here. I spend a lot of time in the water, as many as 200 days a season, and my new revolutionary Kingfisher boat gets me to fish quickly and safely, despite the weather. It's all because of the unique Preflex hull design, and the -the state-of-the-art interior meets all my fishing needs. Hey, to learn more about the amazing Kingfisher boats, visit kingfishermultispecies.com. Now, get into your Kingfisher and meet me where the big fish roam. With over 130 years of knife-making excellence, Camillus should be on your next hunt. Adolph Castor began the Camillus Knife Company in 1876, and he utilized expert engineering to ensure the highest precision in his knives. 
They prove themselves in the harshest conditions because Camillus uses a patented titanium bonding and carbonitride coating process, making them up to 10 times harder than untreated steel. Camillus knives stay sharper, longer. Weather changes. The forest changes. Conditions change. When seasons change, you have to change with them. For every season, Yukon Gear has you covered. Matsuo America, the brand of fishing tackle that provides tournament quality gear at a great value, has launched a groundbreaking new series of rod and reel combos called the Red Series. These great new combos feature IM6 graphite rods, Fuji guides, six ball bearing reels with anti-reverse, and cork split grip handles. It's a set of features you'd expect to see on a combo at twice the price. The Matsuo Red Series is available now only at Canadian Tire. Check it out today and upgrade your gear for this fishing season without breaking the bank. So, you know, uh, when my great-grandfather was uh, just a little kid, uh, wild turkeys roamed around his neighborhood in Newcastle, Ontario. And by the time he came to age, they were pretty much gone from the landscape of Ontario. Very, very unfortunate, but um, but this happened. Um, just to talk about the story about the wild turkey, I've asked Patrick Hubert, Senior Wildlife Biologist with the Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry, to uh, join us today. Patrick, how are you doing? Very good. Thanks, Randy. Okay, so what can you tell us about the history of wild turkeys in Ontario? Well, it is an interesting story. Uh, they were found here historically. Uh, the eastern wild turkey was found here. But um, all the records suggest uh, they were gone from the province by the early 1900s, likely due to uh, rapid changes in habitat and unregulated hunting. Yeah, so, I mean, they were they were part of our biodiversity. You know, some things happened and they, uh, and they disappeared. What was their native range back then? Well... It looks like they were probably uh, certainly found in southwest Ontario, and their range extended roughly um, up to uh, just north of Lake Simcoe and maybe east to Trenton. Uh, but in all likelihood, uh, based on their biology and ecology, they likely, that range would have uh, expanded and contracted over time depending on weather conditions and other things. Right, right. And, you know, uh, as of today now in Newcastle, Ontario, amongst other towns, people will uh, view these beautiful birds. In fact, Patrick, I must have seen over a hundred of them yesterday on my way just uh, south of the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters office here. So so there's a story there. Uh, when were they reintroduced to, into the Ontario landscape? Well, that's, that is an interesting story in and of itself. Uh, there were several attempts over time. Um, including some attempts using uh, pen-raised birds. But the real success came uh, beginning in 1984 when, when uh, several partners, including OFH, uh, began working together uh, using birds that were wild-trapped in the eastern U.S. and uh, releasing them here in Ontario, starting with what we considered to be the most suitable habitat at the time and then expanding out from there even to areas that... Um, where there's not a lot of forest left, but um, we're part of their historic range, and uh, that's been very successful. 
Yeah, and, and and you know you're absolutely right. As far as I can see, just as you know, driving back and forth to work and looking in farmers' fields and seeing them around, I'm sure that there's a lot of complexities to it, and you can't just take a bunch of birds and let them go somewhere and expect them to do as well as our wild turkeys uh, did. But um, has this been a success? Absolutely. So we've we've restored the bird, the eastern wild turkey, to their range in Ontario, and and now the birds uh, continue to. Um, show us just how adaptable they are by continuing to expand their range uh, uh, northward into areas that we would have predicted wouldn't support turkeys. Yeah, yeah, they're mo- you, you know, uh, the listeners know that I have a property up in Carnarvon, Ontario, and I have turkeys walking around up there now, and I'm pretty sure you guys didn't let them go there. <laughs> so there are a lot of areas that, that have birds now where we never released them. Uh, like I said, uh, there are some areas that, that aren't that suitable where they're found and and from time to time we know that that uh, severe winters may knock them back but uh, with the, their core range well occupied now um, even if that happens they will they'll likely reoccupy those areas in a very short time yeah so for those of you who have seen these giant uh, birds standing in fields while you're driving down the road there's the story anything to add patrick well just um, you know, we continue progress in our turkey management efforts and and we just did uh, uh, make decision to uh, make a number of changes to our, our regulations, and so there'll be some new opportunities this year, including um, a bows-only season uh, this fall, and uh, some new units for this uh, this year, including um, a spring season in Management Unit 94 and a fall season, or excuse me, fall season in Management Unit 94, and a spring season in actually near Sault Ste. Marie in Management Unit 36. That's amazing. Lots of opportunities for now. They're again expanded for bow hunters. Uh, no uh, testing required now. You is provided you have your hunter education training. You can go and buy a, a wild turkey tag and go hunting this spring. That's right. So we we would anticipate that we'll have some new folks uh, getting into the sport this spring. And um, you know we're working to try to provide some of those key messages to folks, reminding them um, existing hunters and and uh, to teach new hunters what the key uh, key safety messages are. But um, by and large, they're very similar to uh, other types of hunting. The one one key thing I would remind uh, turkey hunters is about the uh, mandatory uh, harvest reporting requirement. That provides some of the key information we require to, to manage the birds. So if you harvest a turkey this year, please let us know about it. Yeah, make sure you do that. You're, you know, by law, you have to uh, report that bird, and you can do it uh, by telephone, I believe, uh, if, if I'm correct. Yeah, by telephone or online, whatever is uh, most convenient for you. How easy is that? Well, thank you so much, Patrick, for giving us a little insight into these giant birds that are walking around in Ontario. Once again, thanks to the Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry and many other NGOs. Thanks, Randy. Angler and Hunter Radio's Hunting Corner is brought to you by Camillus, quality knives since 1876. No matter what the terrain, no matter the weather, you head out. Challenge accepted. Whether you're hunting or fishing, Yamaha has the ATV, side-by-side, outboard, or generator to rise to the challenge. Pairing renowned reliability with incredible performance. Whatever the day brings, conquer outdoors with Yamaha. Visit yamaha-motor.ca today for more info and current offers. 
Aquatic invading species are a growing threat to our lakes and rivers and the native species that call them home. By taking two minutes to clean, drain, and dry your boat every time you take it out of the water, you will help stop the spread of aquatic invasive species into new water bodies. For more information, contact the Invading Species Hotline at 1-800-563-7711 or visit invadingspecies.com. A message from Ontario's Invading Species Awareness Program. Out with the old, in with the new. The free Scout Look hunting app allows you to save unlimited hunting locations to view pinpoint, detailed weather forecasts. It employs our proprietary wind mapping technology, scent cone and set zone, putting you on the X to kill more bucks, bulls, and birds. Identify hot spots for hammering gobblers, log game activity to establish lethal patterns, and with global access, Scout Look knows no boundaries. Download the Scout Look hunting app today. Do what you love. That's good advice, and it sounds easy, but the question is, how? The answer could be at the School of Environmental and Natural Resource Sciences at Fleming College in Lindsay. Choose from over 25 programs like Fish and Wildlife Technician, Conservation and Environmental Law Enforcement, or Aquaculture. It's the number one Canadian college for grads working in environmental and natural resources careers. Do what you love. Start by checking out your options at FlemingCollege.ca. I love these hunting trips, but the kids miss me and my wife worries about us being safe. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I bought a Spot Gen 3 for this trip to keep in touch with my girls. That's a satellite messenger, right? Yep. Spot sends my GPS coordinates via satellite right to my family's email or phone. They click on the message and see where I am. I can use it in emergencies to signal for help as well. Spot has rescued over 4,700 adventurers already. Sounds good. Looks small, too. Where do I pick one up? Visit findmespot.com slash hunter today to get all of the details and to find your local dealer. Isn't it about time you took that fishing or hunting trip of a lifetime? Make your lifelong memory now by booking your adventure at the Quebec Outfitters Federation. Find the perfect hunting or fishing packages in more than hundreds of Quebec's exceptional world-class outfitters. And you know what? You could win your trip by entering one of the two giveaways run by the Quebec Outfitters Federation. Don't wait. They're only a click away at QuebecOutfitters.com or give them a call toll free at 1-800-567-9009. Stand up for conservation and show how much you really care about your fishing and hunting future with a membership in the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters. Join right now and receive an OFAH camouflage tackle bag, Rapala x Rap Lure, Suffolk Fishing Line, Fish Crisp Original, and a subscription to Ontario Out of Doors Magazine. This special OFAH membership offer is only $62.99. New through this great offer, make your conservation commitment with a three-year OFAH membership and receive a Shimano Caius Baitcaster. Join today. And now the news. Man fined for allowing bear meat to spoil. An Orangeville man has been fined $1,000 for letting bear meat spoil. The man pleaded guilty and was fined $1,000 for permitting the flesh of a black bear he harvested to become unsuitable for human consumption, an offense under the Fish and Wildlife Conservation Act. Court heard that on September 3, 2014, a conservation officer attended a taxidermist to conduct an inspection. During the inspection, the officer located an entire black bear carcass that was decomposing. 
A joint investigation with conservation officers from North Bay found that the black bear had been harvested by the man in the Tomogamy area on August 15, 2014. The man admitted to having left the bear at a storage facility until August 23, 2014, where its meat had spoiled and become unsuitable for human consumption. Justice of the Peace Margot McLeod heard the case in the Ontario Court of Justice, Brampton, on December 6, 2016. For further information on the hunting regulations, please consult the Ontario Hunting Regulations Summary, available at ontario.ca forward slash hunting. To report a natural resources violation, call the MNRF Tips Line at 1-877-847-7667, toll free anytime, or contact your local ministry office during regular business hours. You can also call Crime Stoppers anonymously at 1-800-222-8477. No matter what the terrain, no matter the weather, you head out. Challenge accepted. Whether you're hunting or fishing, Yamaha has the ATV, side-by-side, outboard, or generator to rise to the challenge, pairing renowned reliability with incredible performance. Whatever the day brings, conquer outdoors with Yamaha. Visit yamaha-motor.ca today for more info and current offers. Hi folks, Gord Pizer here. I spend a lot of time in the water, as many as 200 days a season, and my new revolutionary Kingfisher boat gets me to fish quickly and safely, despite the weather. It's all because of the unique preflex hull design, and the state-of-the-art interior meets all my fishing needs. Hey, to learn more about the amazing Kingfisher boats, visit kingfishermultispecies.com. Now, get into your Kingfisher and meet me where the big fish roam. With over 130 years of knife-making excellence, Camillus should be on your next hunt. Adolph Castor began the Camillus Knife Company in 1876, and he utilized expert engineering to ensure the highest precision in his knives. They prove themselves in the harshest conditions because Camillus uses a patented titanium bonding and carbonitride coating process, making them up to 10 times harder than untreated steel. Camillus Knives. Stay sharper. Longer. Weather changes. The forest changes. Conditions change. When seasons change, you have to change with them. For every season, Yukon Gear has you covered. Matsuo America, the brand of fishing tackle that provides tournament quality gear at a great value, has launched a groundbreaking new series of rod and reel combos called the Red Series. These great new combos feature IM6 graphite rods, Fuji guides, six ball bearing reels with anti-reverse, and cork split grip handles. It's a set of features you'd expect to see on a combo at twice the price. The Matsuo Red Series is available now only at Canadian Tire. Check it out today and upgrade your gear for this fishing season without breaking the bank. Stand up for conservation and show how much you really care about your fishing and hunting future with a membership in the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters. Join right now and receive an OFAH camouflage tackle bag, Rapala X-Rap Lure, 
Suffolk Fishing Line Fish Crisp Original, and a subscription to Ontario Out of Doors Magazine. This special OFAH membership offer is only $62.99. New through this great offer, make your conservation commitment with a three-year OFAH membership and receive a Shimano Caius Baitcaster. Join today. The Angler and Hunter Radio Show has been brought to you by Yamaha. What kind of Yamaha are you? Angler and Hunter Radio is a production of the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters. Please send your tall tales and comments to ahradio.ca.